Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros podcast. Welcome, welcome. Joined again by our big brother as always. Hello, sir. Hello to you, sir. So, brother, in continuation with our uh, amazing uh, series that we started last week, we got a lot of uh, you know positive response from our millions and millions of fans worldwide. I mean, thank you to our fans. We all we love you so much, and uh, thank you for your amazing response. We are uh, continuing with the the second uh, episode, so to speak, of what happened this week. And this is, of course, week number fifty one of this terrible, terrible year we've had. We got one more week to endure, but uh, we might not live long enough to experience it, brother. Because uh, as as uh, the Mayans would have us believe, the world is ending tomorrow, so we got less than twenty four hours to live. What are you going to do if you have twenty four hours to live? What what is the last thing you do? What do you do? Well. Uh up there in the list it's uh, possibly watch a bit of nolan movies mm-hmm. um probably go run a 5k for the, for the first and the last time you would run on the last day why yeah just to feel the endorphin rush you know Man. i mean uh, watching tv ain't gonna cut it mm-hmm. oh i'll definitely uh, fast forward and watch the last good season that arsenal played which is 2003 and 4 <laughs> Um what else would I do in the last 24 hours I don't know what would you do I have it all figured out bro I'll take a lot of debt buy a Lamborghini and crash it and not pay up again <laughs> that's what I'm going to do <laughs> Love it I can't argue with that Love how the end of the world is a convenience for uh, some people but anyway let's hope uh, I mean remains to be seen we don't know we don't know the Mayans are a very uh, advanced civilization for their time I mean clearly we are more advanced now we can we can now watch cat videos on our phones and we don't actually have to have a cat so we got the mimes uh, beat in terms of that but uh, yeah a lot of interesting things happened uh, this week bro as you uh, probably expect because we live in an interesting world now a lot of uh, interesting things happen and uh, one thing that caught my attention was the the geminid meteor shower this is an annual uh, thing it happens every uh, december a uh, meteor shower in essence is just uh, dust and particles and rocks that have been left behind by a comet and have you ever experienced a meteor shower or even a meteor in your in your life well i haven't experienced a meteor shower but uh, i can tell you that some of the spots on this earth where the skies are really really clear mm-hmm. and one of them being ladakh you oh, can wow. see hundreds of meteors uh, on a clear night but have you seen them yes oh wow fantastic so you see a meteorite pretty much every few minutes Wow! Something just sort of streaking across the sky. So I've seen it all of once in my life. This is obviously when I was at sea. I mean, talk about clear skies. The skies couldn't possibly be clearer uh, anywhere else. I remember I was it was uh, late in the evening and I was on the bridge with the third officer and I was just using the binoculars to look up uh, the sky because they obviously get a lot clearer. And suddenly there was a streak of blue light that just went across, and that was the first and only time I've seen a meteorite. and uh, i mean it was quite it was very interesting so yeah there you uh, have it geminid meteor shower but obviously it came and went and uh, given the polluted cities that we live in obviously there there's nothing to be seen it's not a damn thing and it's so bright you can't see a damn thing anyway you really need to go uh, maybe buy some kit that is one and uh, maybe get to a darker area to uh, you know witness all these miracles that happen uh, frequently enough Now moving on to another uh, interesting bit of space news that has happened. China's mission, bro. China. So it landed on the moon. It planted their flag. It took the samples, and now it's back. It landed in Inner Mongolia earlier this week. 
So we've had moon samples for the first time in 44 years. On, wow. on top of the asteroid sample that we got from Hayabusa 2 last week, we've now got moon samples. I mean, these are words I would have never thought I'm going to use in this in this year, you know, given the year, we the, the way we started, basically. Amazing, amazing feat. Well, for a while in the last century or the last two, sorry, not the last century, the last two decades, you know, the late 90s and early 2000s, space took a bit of a backseat as companies and countries started looking at uh, consumer goods, you know, consumer electronics, microprocessor-based, circuit-based phones and, you know, stuff that you buy off of a rack. And it's good to see that... uh, at least fueled by private companies, the furtherment of the human race is coming back to be a bit of a priority. Yep, completely agree with you. And I mean, the, the only way is forward from here. I mean, God knows what are we going to achieve. And it's I'm guessing uh, with the right backing and the right funding, it's just it's going to be amazing. And hopefully in our lifetime, we can witness things like... Uh, I mean, fingers crossed, colonization of the moon, maybe, or Mars. I mean, at least, get, you know, if we can get started. And if I personally, if, if in fact space travel becomes like a touristy uh, kind of an option that you don't actually go into, onto a different planet, if it's just, it takes you to outer orbits and then it puts you right back, like Blue Origin was planning. That in itself, that is something I would spend my life savings on just to, you know, witness the uh, outer space. And, you know, uh, I think that's an interesting prospect to uh, look forward to. I hope that happens during my lifetime and obviously hope we don't uh, lose focus and I hope we all don't end up doing TikTok dances in our lives but uh, the good people in NASA and everywhere else are doing you know good stuff to propel us in the right direction while the others keep us entertained I mean we need that as well but talking about social media bro now there's a very interesting study and I'm reading this of Entrepreneur Magazine right it obviously we know there are side effects to uh, social media now people have often linked social media use to a dopamine high or a hit and generally uh, it it works in our favor to maybe uh, amplify our mood, maybe make it uh, switch it to the better. But a new study here indicates that participants who use less than 120 minutes a day of social media compared to those who spend more than 300 minutes a day on social media were almost three times as likely to become depressed in half a year. So in six months, if you're averaging, let's say, 300 minutes a day, that's about five hours of social media chances are you're going to end up depressed. Well, it's the old... uh, I mean, we all know this. Hmm. You know, it's not that this is rocket science and, you know, a wow, aha moment from deep psychological studies. Everyone knows that if you live your life as a comparison to someone else's, you're bound for disappointment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think it's easy to forget that when you're endlessly scrolling. True that. I mean, uh, we have covered uh, the side effects of social media in a in, a, in an episode on this podcast. It's titled uh, "The Social Dilemma." And if you haven't heard it, hear that. And if you haven't seen the documentary, it's based on. Go watch that as well. It's very interesting. Now, another bit of interesting news uh, information that came about uh, this year. This is by Autocar Magazine. It said more than a third of the vehicles in the world, a third, are white in color. Did you know this? Well, I would uh, 
put my hat in the ring and say more than two thirds of the vehicles <laughs> in India are white in color. I that's, I don't know. It, I mean, this never used to be a thing when we were growing up. Now suddenly, white cars are on the rise. Isn't it? it was always the thing. You went to buy a car, and somebody would tell you white cars have more resale value. I don't know how that came about to be. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, yeah. if you tell everybody that white cars have more resale value, then buyers and sellers both will end up buying white. So yeah. So it's it's not just that. It said I'm just reading from this uh, article again. Paint supplier Exalta has revealed that white cars make up 38% of all vehicles using the world's roads. 19% of them are black, and commonplace uh, uh, gray is is third uh, with 15%. So pretty much black, white, and gray. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't think so you've just bought a car it's a it's a red with a black uh, black top what made you go for a red and not go for another white car which was your previous car what made you well the first that? time i went to buy a bike uh-huh. the guy told me that uh, why are you buying uh, you know i wanted to buy an orange bike uh-huh. and he said that orange bikes are you know nobody buys them so uh-huh. he had a lot of 13 bikes that came to him that day 11 were black and two were red mm-hmm. so i said okay i'll buy the red bike mm-hmm. years later when i went to buy my first car it was the same story you know he had 20 cars 18 were white and maybe two were gray mm-hmm. and he said if you need a white, if you want a white car i can give it to you in a week and if you want like a red or a blue, you'll have to wait for two months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I settled. This time around, I got told the same thing and I said, no, man. You know, <laughs> I want the color I want. Uh-huh. So, you know, someone's got to sort of break the cycle. And I reckon that if we start buying more colors, at least the Indian roads will be more colorful. Yeah. You know? I think maybe the whole uh, white color reflects heat thing has got to got something to do with it. Maybe it's a resale value thing. Maybe, but you know, white cars tend to get more dirty. Typically on Indian roads where you expect potholes and rain just part, you know collects in puddles. White cars do get dirty, and it takes like a minute for them to get dirty compared to some other colors. But yeah, white clearly a popular choice. A third of the cars, maybe a more than third of the cars worldwide. So it's not just an Indian thing. It's so it's a worldwide uh, thing that is, uh, you know, uh, accepted. I'll chip in here Mm -hmm. and uh, you know with the paint thing Mm -hmm. the theory is or or at least the prevalent um, you know thinking is that in the paints that used to come on cars you know up to 2000 they weren't exactly high standard you know after two or three years of rigorous use you'd get paint to flake and chip etc so the thought was that white cars would uh, look newer because White is a fairly neutral color, Mm -hmm. whereas in India, which is a predominantly dusty country, black does not allow you to do that. Black cars look dirtier far, you know, quicker than a white or a, you know, colored car. And then when you put in the quality of the paint bit, you know, the metallic paints that came in at the beginning of uh, last decade, they were just about entry level quality paints, you know, Mm -hmm. but paint quality today is so superior to what we had last decade that this argument is you know pretty much not valid anymore interesting i mean i honestly if 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 i end up buying a car or a bike for instance white is probably the last color i would look at but anyway that's just me now uh, moving on to some very uh, serious news bro this is uh, an incident that happened in turkey and i'm very uh, you know it's uh, it's an act of extreme uh, terrorism that wasn't really covered properly it was uh, a case where a sheep, a goat and three lamb escaped from their farm 
and they ended up headbutting the local residents of a village in Turkey. <laughs> and they caught this on CCTV, okay? These these three are working together, okay? So the three lambs, obviously, they're smaller. They hang back, whereas the sheep and the goat, they go and headbutt the <laughs> the locals. <laughs> and they come back and they walk together. It's it's clearly a pack. It's a, it's gang violence is what it is in Turkey, man. I, I really sympathize for the town of Nevsehir in Turkey, central Turkey, which was called, I mean... I mean, uh, residents of Turkey, if you're listening to this, please uh, feel safe. Now, what's gone into these animals? Why do you think they've gone on this rampage and just utter lawlessness, total disregard for the law? What's happened here? Well, I think they've uh, seen uh, <laughs> Bong Joon-ho's Okja, what? which deals which deals with uh, uh, the corporatization of uh, animal products, mm-hmm. mostly uh, meat. And it is a parable on, uh, or rather a parody on how corporations work to get meat across to millions and millions of non-vegetarian food lovers around the world. So I reckon they've snuck in somewhere and watched this on Netflix. Uh-huh. And uh, enraged by it all, they've decided to take revenge on the human race. I think this takes me back to that scene in the movie Avatar when finally all the animals unite and they fight the common enemy that is destroying uh, you know, their planet, Pandora. I think pretty much that's uh, that's at the beginning of a, of a revolution. I mean, if all the animals were to unite and take on the human race, I mean, we don't stand a chance, really. I mean, well, rightly so. We've uh, taken up their uh, space for quite some time. It's about time they fight back. And it begins in a small town in Turkey with a brave goat, a sheep and three lamb. I mean, I salute your bravery and I do support your cause. But uh, moving on to more uh, ridiculous news where human beings have taken the fight to animals. A flamethrower drone. No, let that sink in for a while. A flamethrower drone is a thing now in 2020, okay? Apparently deployed by this uh, company in China because this village had a problem with hornets' nests. They were like a big menace. People get stung like all the time. They were like hundreds of, upon hundreds of uh, these nests. So this company got in touch with, uh, they collected some money. They all pooled their money together, this village. They hired a drone, they retrofitted a flamethrower on it. And now this flamethrower, and it's on video, by the way, go look it up if you can. This flamethrower then hovers in the air, positions itself properly and fires a blast of fire on these nests and completely burns them to the to the ground. I mean, this is, this is future, you know, future warfare we're talking about, man. Drones firing fire i mean what chance do you have against this well begs the question uh, what happens if someone hacks into these uh, flamethrower drones oh man networks of flamethrower drones being hacked wow isn't that the nightmare scenario of an m night shamlin movie so apparently they raised 80000 yuan which is 12000 about 12000 dollars to buy a drone and then fit it with a nozzle and whatever and uh, apparently it's destroyed 11 hives so far and there are about 100 more to go. So the war is not over. They, mon- they might have uh, won the battle, but the war is pretty much on for not getting stung. Is it the bees or is it the humans? Well, it remains to be seen, isn't it? Now, talking about more ridiculous notes, I mean, the world we live in just fails to, you know, just it just fails to stop fascinating me. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, try to get wrap your head around this, okay? Police in the Marshall Islands, and I'm reading this off BBC.com. Police in the Marshall Islands have found their biggest drug haul ever in an abandoned boat washed ashore. And this boat apparently had 649 kilograms of cocaine, estimated to be around $80 million. 
Now this is going to be the worst drug dealer ever who's left six and a half, six, six, like 650 kilograms of cocaine lying around in a boat and he's forgotten about it. I mean, it, it doesn't look like the boat had some uh, structural defects where they had to abandon it. The boat looked completely fine, but nobody on it. $80 million worth of cocaine. What happened here? This brings me back to your uh, profession, bro. You yeah. know, in the early years, you would tell me that you know, there are these dead drops wherein, you know, uh, in the past, people would side up to you, you know, back when ports were open, etc. And they would uh, give a seafarer a set of coordinates and mm-hmm. a package. And if your ship was around, you just had to throw it overboard. Yep. This, this does sound something like that. You know, maybe a cruise liner in one of the lifeboats disguised as, you know, just a lifeboat on a cruise liner Mm -hmm. is carrying $80 million worth of cocaine and it is supposed to be dropped. But instead of dropping at point X, maybe a current caught it, maybe climate changes or the Mm -hmm. current changed. And the boat, instead of drifting a certain way, has gone a certain way. Who benefits here? Like, let's say you're the DEA and you've seized $80 million worth of cocaine. What do you do with it? Do you just hold it? Do you... How do you recover that money? Because what do you do with $80 million of cocaine? What do you do with it? No, you don't do anything. I think uh, this $80 million figure is just, uh, you know, for the Fail news headlines. Yeah. Ultimately, this will be destroyed. Hmm. How do you destroy cocaine? Do you burn it? Yeah, I think so. Incinerate it. Well, if you have some information about how you destroy cocaine, do reach out to us because we are always curious to find out uh, weird things in the world. We are uh, we would very much value this uh, valuable information and you might be suited to be rewarded. We might do an episode on how we destroy cocaine and you might be a special guest. So do hit us back on that. Talking about other weird news, something very strange. Now, we, we Spotify is trying to get into the whole podcast game. Not just Spotify, even Amazon is getting into it. Amazon recently purchased... I think it was Wondery or some there's some network they purchased because they want to get into the whole podcast game. And that's where, uh, you know, things get interesting. Now, Spotify has been doing a lot. They've launched uh, the year of the podcaster, some campaigns trying to get people to listen to podcasts, maybe create their own podcast creators, whatever. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have been given a Spotify deal to create their own podcast this week well prima facie it looks like uh, you know after they've uh, <laughs> declared that they are no longer an active part of the royal family it just looks like they're out there getting jobs yeah so <laughs> this could be one of those things wherein you know it's a semi-celebrity but still you know a working couple doing their thing just trying to you know put the food on the table but what do you talk about if you're Prince Harry and Meghan Markle what do you talk about why do you have a podcast because podcast you have to have Let's say a theme or a recurring thing and it's not like you do it for one year and you stop because it's going to be a thing. It's it's basically a series that goes on and on. Like how long can you talk about your former life in the royal family? What else do you talk about? I think uh, they could talk about a bunch of things. I think uh, Meghan Markle uh, could talk about uh, everything she has to do, as she has had to do, uh, you know, as a woman, maybe talk about some empowering things. Mm-hmm talk about the challenges on a day-to-day business you know there is a lot of scope out there for vicarious content you know if you look at youtube it mm-hmm. started out as people you know putting, putting out videos. stuff about their lives and yeah. instagram's taken it to another level it is vicarious living you're putting yourself in the shoes of someone else mm-hmm. and living their life for a bit you know and and getting some pleasure out of it yeah. so this will be vicarious listening you know you're listening to megan markle uh, you know 
and Prince Harry. I wonder if she's going to go back to acting now, now that she's not part of the royal family voluntarily. Because she was pretty decent in Suits. I, I mean, I used to watch that show. A lot of people watch that show. Well, it remains to be seen what she does. Uh, I mean, apart from this podcast, obviously. I mean, I'm I probably listened to an episode or two, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to subscribe to it. But I mean, who knows? But it's again, it's only on Spotify. I, don't, I doubt they'll get it on Apple Podcasts or something. But uh, well, that's a mistake they're probably making because uh, wise guys that we are, we are available on eight different platforms. So you can pretty much find us everywhere. We are basically inescapable. We're in your face all the time. That's how we do it. Or, or, or as they would say, we are in your ears. In your, oh, the there you go, brother. Well done. Well done. I knew there was a reason why we called you on the podcast to begin with. <laughs> anyway, now talking about moving on to some, uh, you know, inspiring news for Indians everywhere. Indian footballer Bala Devi has scored, is the first woman to score a professional top flight European goal she plays for Rangers FC. They apparently destroyed uh, the other team. I'm going to look up the name. They destroyed them 9-0. But Our Lady Bala Devi became the first Indian to score the first top-flight European goal for women. That's that's incredible. That is incredible, bro. It is. I'm telling you, uh, if Indian sport cannot be taken forward by the men, uh, the Australia capitulation, you know, oh, yeah. a case in point. 36 all out. Let's talk about that for half a minute. Okay. 36 all out is the kind of stuff that I used to get in quiz questions that which is the lowest test total <laughs> ever recorded. And you know, you'd get some random answer like, okay, Canada played test matches for two years. So they recorded a 45 or a Zimbabwe or something. Now India has a 36 all out. Mm-hmm. 36 all out, man. I mean, if you and I go and plonk ourselves in in the oval, we'd get five runs. So, if between the two of us, we can get five runs, are we better than half the Indian team out there? It is just abysmal. But, coming back to the original point, if the sport can't be taken forward by the men, the women must step up. And every woman sports person from India who's pushing the honour about there we salute you mm-hmm. and hats off to Bala Devi she plays for Rangers FC one of the most storied clubs in the UK mm-hmm. and the men's team of Rangers is managed by a legend Steven Gerrard Steven Gerrard indeed mm-hmm. now I mean that's a very good point I mean apart from uh, I mean let's not uh, pick sides here, but women clearly in the recent uh, uh, past you know doing wonders for Indian sport I mean talk about uh, Sanya Mirza Saina Nehwal and now uh, even Monica Batra with her table tennis antics, man, fantastic. And now add to the list, Bala Devi. We've had sprinters, Duthi Chan, for instance, you know, doing really well on the track. Yeah, we've got gymnasts, we've got PV Sindhu, we've got archers, we've got TT players, we've got, uh, you know, a whole bunch really, you mm-hmm. know, from across or all across. The Indian cricket team, the women's cricket team made it to the T20 final. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, all all's in good stead. Well, women leading by example that's that's perfect that's pretty much uh, what we need and you know rightly so because it's probably going to inspire a whole generation of indian young indian women to take up sport you know give up uh, the monotony and the the uh, safer choices or the obvious choices or maybe choices that they're compelled into taking you know so this might open up a wide uh, variety of avenues uh, for them so that's that's good you know it's a victory all all around now talking about victories all around this is very interesting bro are you familiar with the zodiac killer Yes, there was a movie made uh, upon this. There was indeed a movie made uh, by the, I think it was Brad Pitt in it. Now, the Zodiac Killer, I I remember I heard a podcast like way back. Now, if I remember correctly, he was never caught. 
he would murder a victim and it was like it was always i think if i remember it was always a blonde woman or something like that something he had a he had a pattern he would call he would leave a set of clues in the in the local newspaper or i think there was this one time where he called a live news broadcast and he spoke but apparently he, that wasn't him that was an imposter or something but he he left a cipher that was unbroken for 51 years until now and i'm reading this off bbc.com uh, code breakers have cracked a 340 character cipher 51 years after it was purportedly sent to the san francisco chronicle by the so called zodiac killer the fbi has confirmed now the i've gone through this uh, 10 15 minute video where they talk about how they've gone about deciphering the cipher it doesn't actually say anything about the identity that is pretty much still intact we don't know how it is but the code itself and i i uh, urge people to watch this uh, this video on youtube how they cracked this code it's genius firstly in of how this code was made by the killer and it talks about how how incredibly his level of smart acumen was just next level and the way they they've broken down this code it's just fantastic and the the word the way they worked it around i mean honestly we've gained nothing out of this we know that something was a mystery and now it's no longer a mystery but we still don't know who did it who was the murderer the man is still on large or if he's still alive we don't know this is obviously uh, october 1969 where he shot a cab driver and uh, this is where it began and then he eventually killed 37 more people so yeah we don't know and again uh, well interesting news there well one less mystery in this wide world mm-hmm. agreed and uh, talking about more mysteries uh, we obviously here we watch uh, all these uh, big larger than life heroes on uh, tv but we rarely do we ever get a glimpse on their actual side their actual selves now tom cruise had a bit of a meltdown did you hear about this bro yes i did and tom <laughs> cruise you know he's my favorite uh, celebrity he's just incredible in what he does mm-hmm. and to hear him having a meltdown is no new news mm-hmm. he had a meltdown about 15 years ago on the couch of oprah winfrey show oh yeah he did and uh, after that uh, he's had a bunch of uh, you know meltdowns or mini meltdowns but this latest one has done the rounds on social media because he yelled at two people who were standing too close to each other with dada mom oh man and uh, well at one level it shows how passionate he is about his project and not wanting anything to derail it and at a second level it also begs the question you know should people be herded when a pandemics on the loose and they are breaking protocol mm-hmm. because a lot of uh, people have criticized him of course you know stars do end up getting criticized for extreme behavior but a lot of people have come out in his support and and i've said that if more people were like him there'd be less spread of the pandemic now as i as we speak about this uh, india is at about 105 deaths per million yeah and the uk is nearing 1000 deaths per million which is 0.1% of their population let that sink in bro 0.1% of their population lost in two seasons to a pandemic yeah i think it's not so much that he reprimanded these two people it's actually what he said and obviously since we are a you know child friendly neighbor friendly podcast we're not going to reiterate what he said 
but he basically i mean he said something uh, you know belittling them basically that we are doing everything we can for you people and you guys owe us but because of your uh, own stupidity i mean obviously they had it coming got to wear a mask people like come on but uh, yeah i mean that's uh, the it's the opinions are split like uh, pretty much everything else in the world at this point well make of that what you will now let's move on to more interesting news from the world of tv and cinema game of thrones is coming up with a series what did you know this yes actually two prequel series got greenlit okay. one of them has been shelved but another one has been taken forward and this one's going to focus on events that were about 2 to 300 years before mm-hmm. the current game of thrones and uh, george r r martin who was pretty much every game of thrones reader a couple of books mm-hmm. has turned into a screenplay writer or a tv screenwriter i mean go figure he's figured that yeah books are a waste of time and energy when i can write the screenplay and see it come to life and millions more see it so uh, thanks but no thanks george r r martin <laughs> i read six books of game of thrones waiting for the seventh and it's still not come five or six years after it was promised mm-hmm. to be delivered but uh, honest to god the way the series ended uh, and you know the way the witcher and all of the other series have gone i will watch happily the lord of the ring series which mm-hmm. is coming to amazon prime oh wow in a year or two yes that is true but i will not likely watch uh, game of thrones do you think it's a lot of people cashing in on the whole nostalgia factor i remember there's another there's a bunch of remakes coming apparently there's a remake of dirty dancing that's being that's in the works there's a remake of uh baby's day out with zac efron now remember baby's day out uh, tom selleck yeah old movie but they're doing a remake now what's a lot of remakes in the works is it like just people cashing in on the whole nostalgia factor what's going on here do we really need sequels or have people just you know run out of ideas what's going on here bro i'm telling you the fundamentals of the entertainment business are changing uh-huh. now uh you know people are watching more and more stuff on their screen and the pandemic has accelerated that so the movie industry and the cinema industry will have to reinvent itself at the same time netflix amazon prime etc have figured that there's a large market out there for people who just want a safe movie mm-hmm. you know when families sit together four people you know often the average of what four people want is the lowest common denominator they're not going to plonk in for a kurosawa or a christopher nolan movie every day mm-hmm. every day watching is going to be a safe sequel family friendly kind of movie mm-hmm. and that is where all of these endless sequels come in they're not going to win any awards they're not going to be rated any highly they'll be rated between a 5 and a half or a 6 and a half on you know imdb or most user charts but they will get 60 or 70 million users easy and that is what netflix and prime need they need the guy to you know be glued on to netflix for about 2 3 hours every weekend to maintain his subscription every month and that is that which is why you will see a lot more unoriginal boring content come up on your screen mm-hmm. do not blame them blame the audiences blame yourself but one thing where we uh, can't blame uh, anyone really because this thing was done absolutely right brother it was a return of uh, myself to the cinemas now you know i am an avid movie lover i love it i think there was a record uh, i think it was 2 years ago i saw a total of 45 movies in theaters in a year and even if they were i had come sometimes i had company sometimes i didn't 45 movies in a year So it was a big deal for me to return. I mean the last movie I saw was Birds of Prey. This was way back in uh, January or February before anything happened. 
I was a return and uh, I mean just a few days uh, before the, the year ends and before the Mayans call curtains to our existence it was my return uh, to watch uh, one of the most anticipated releases of this year Tenet by Christopher Nolan I mean it's been out in the world for a while it's a bit confusing there I mean it, it launched in the US a few months ago but it came India late and then it was talked about that it would be launched directly on OTT but it didn't now it's in theaters it's still playing but it's it's an old movie we don't really know but we don't really care do we both of us we don't care we don't care at all because it's a nolan movie both of us messes with your head yeah. and spoiler alert i think at this point we should uh, put out a spoiler alert if you've not seen tenet and you want to watch it uh, you can skip ahead of maybe another couple of minutes to the end of this podcast but tenet man what a movie what a movie i mean i talk about there there comes a point in your life where you think you think you've seen pretty much everything you think that the world can no longer surprise you that mankind has reached its uh, limits of imagination but clearly proven wrong and gladly so because that movie i remember not a lot of movies have made me put my hands on my head and while i was watching what was unfurling on the screen i was at a loss for words i didn't know even know what to do anymore because the things i saw the concepts that were brought forward were not only hard to comprehend they were hard to understand visually as well like you couldn't fathom what was happening on screen because your brain is in direct contradiction with its own understanding that this should not be happening but it's happening in front of you and you're, you're watching it it's a it's a it's it's like living and witnessing a paradox and trying to make sense of it brother your take on this movie well you know there are some directors that go down in history as uh, you know path breaking or visionary directors and you know then you've got Christopher Nolan <laughs> he's all of them and more mm-hmm. what he has done over the last decade or so you know when content has burst forward forth and you have for every good time travel movie 10 bad time travel movies you've got tropes you've got you you've gone and explored everything you've gone and explored alien visitors to the earth you've got earth being aliens to another world humans being uh, emancipators humans being tyrants going into the deep waters into the alien skies you've got superheroes super villains super weak people super strong people every trope of fiction has been exhausted and then comes tenet okay <laughs> tenet rings your mind it it forces your mind to you know bash itself with something that your eyes tell the mind that can't be happening mm-hmm. you know and that's the beauty of it if for 2 hours you're able to suspend belief mm-hmm. you sir deserve every accolade that is coming your way and with tenet i walked in and i sort of i'm i'm at home with science fiction you know i read a lot of science fiction and you know i've read the classics and the moderns But with Tenet, you're right. The plot is relatively not as difficult as, let's say, Inception or Interstellar. Mm-hmm. But the visual uh, execution of the plot is so complex and um, just so mind-bending. Uh, I read a guy, and again, spoiler, double spoiler alert. I read about a guy who watched Tenet forwards, and then he <laughs> rewound a couple of scenes, and he watched them backward, and then his brain made complete sense. Okay, and yeah, that is the way you understand it. For example, if a person moving against you, okay, let's say 
uh, you are moving in one direction and another person this is the classic trains moving in the opposite direction on train tracks thing mm-hmm. uh, a doppler effect really you know so uh, trains coming in the frequency sort of uh, increases trains going away horn frequency decreases if you noticed in the entire movie whenever time is going forward there's red and whenever time is going backward it is blue it could be a blue tint a blue shade a blue dress a blue patch on the door it is just so brilliant i caught it and then i read on the internet about why red and blue because of the doppler shift it's called the red shift because of objects coming closer to you now one thing i would like to put out there is that in tenet the trope of time travel is that you can't fast forward or slow it down but you can reverse its direction mm-hmm. multiple times and if you can reverse directions then it stands to reason that you can if you have 80 years of existence you can maybe go past your the day of your birth mm-hmm. and go further back but you can't go beyond the day you supposedly die now if you die in the past you anyway end your story there but if let's say your purported day of ex- exiting this planet is x you cannot travel beyond it so uh, a bit of a Uh, fatalism story as well you know uh, and it ties down into fate um, now this reminds me of interstellar mm-hmm. of uh, where you know to explain the tesseract they say that humans are three dimensional beings and they live in three dimensions and the fourth dimension they cannot view from the outside you know you can't view time you are experiencing time and time is essentially a dimension that you can't sort of supersede and higher dimensional beings may be able to walk into the future as easily as we climb a hill mm-hmm. and this is also the perfect uh, sort of uh, you know analogy to remember or, or the perfect quote to remember that we are three dimensional beings and time essentially is the one dimension that we can't uh, fathom with our physical senses mm-hmm. man i remember i came back home and i had a, a bit of an understanding of what happened i had to watch a series of youtube videos one which explained what actually happened in the movie one that explained the timelines of all the three or four main characters and a third one which was a uh, uh, one about a uh, apparently 100 easter eggs in that movie which you obviously missed obviously and you have to go and uh, you know once you see it you're like oh okay all right all right now the one thing that really caught my attention and this was not explained in the movie so it's not really uh, confirmed that this is actually a thing and i'm going to run this past you bro if you also if this came to you or not and again spoiler 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 alert do not listen to this if you want this uh, if you haven't seen this movie please watch it and then come back to this the spoil the the thing the con the theory was that max you remember max max is meal yep there is <laughs> there is a theory in fact uh, these theories have been doing the rounds for a while now good that we stayed away from these mm-hmm. uh in fact they go on to explain how his full name is maximilian yeah yeah and maximilian spelled in french is spelled with l i e n mm-hmm. and in true tenet fashion he reversed l i e n and became neil so i mean oh so now that we talk about tenet i would say kudos to dimple kapadia as well oh yeah, yeah. uh she has had a meaty role she has done it with elan and uh, i think this is the 
template for bollywood stars to go to hollywood play very good character roles you know you had ali fazal fast and furious a blink and miss it role but uh, apparently it was cut in the edit he had a much uh, meatier role before that and uh, you've got uh, you know good character acting by irfan etc and this is the blueprint to follow you know find a good character role rather than you know going and playing a bimbet like deepika padukone did in uh, return of zander oh, yeah. cage which you know does no service to you your accent your character or your role mm-hmm. so uh, kudos to dimple kapadia she's uh, you know come back uh, brilliant acting understated lovely accent as well you know yeah, you can yeah, make yeah. out it's an indian accent but a sophisticated indian accent it's not a parody it's not one of those things that um, you know we've been caricaturized with you know and i'm looking at rajesh kutrapalli from yeah. big bang theory and uh, uh, mindy kaling in the office so uh, these poor caricatures of indians really serve no purpose mm-hmm. and uh, kudos to dimple Yep, I think she was fantastic, and I think uh, they got the casting like bang on the the main uh, protagonist, and that's his that's his name, the protagonist. They don't mention his name at all, and I didn't realize this. Fantastic uh, casting, and obviously a fantastic movie. Now uh, I think I I do recommend it, and this is something that we do on the Two Bros podcast. We if we know we there's a movie that we're going to watch. We stay away from trailers. We stay away from spoilers. We stay away from conspiracy theories because we know we're going to watch it. And brother, another movie that we are doing this for at the moment. at least i am it's one of women 1984 it's coming out next week in india in imax i've already got my tickets booked first day last show are you up for it are you going to watch it first day last show as well well i am going to watch it for sure mm-hmm. uh, unlike you i couldn't stay away from trailers no no and and the trailers are fantastic do not so. no 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 we draw the line we'll discuss this in our next uh, episode of this uh, series that we're doing but yeah the next uh, movie to look forward to is uh, wonder woman dc uh, back with a bang let's see if they deliver because marvel have pretty much uh, taken the race further way ahead of uh, dc could have possibly imagine i hope they get their act together because i'm a wall of that dc level you all know that but uh, yeah that pretty that's pretty much uh, our round up for what happened this week a very fairly interesting week uh, let's see if we survive uh, the next week to have another episode uh, that remains to be seen if it if we don't well it's been a good run if we do we'll see you next time brother see you around see you around <laughs>